This podcast is brought to you by PodPro Australia. Hello and welcome back to the Property Investors Handbook podcast series. I'm your host, Adam Bell. And of course, we've got Colleen Sutherland from Sutherland's Property Management Group here with us again. Welcome, Colleen. Thank you so much, Adam. Fantastic. So today, another really interesting topic when it comes to landlords and tenants, and that's pets. So the first question I've got, can a landlord decide whether or not they're going to allow tenants to to have a pet just to say yes or or no? No. No. <laughs> but it, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have pets in your property. But no, the tenant is allowed to ask and make application and the landlord is allowed to f- refuse, but the refusal must be on reasonable grounds. So they can't just say, I don't want pets in the house. No, but if the property is not suitable for a pet, then um, that that is cause for grounds to say no. But yeah, it has to be considered and then refusal or approval needs to be in writing. And you've got a time limit on that too. You've got 14 days. And if you don't respond in 14 days it can be assumed that the tenant is allowed to keep the pet. It's called a tacit agreement. Okay, interesting. Could I put it to you this way? If a tenant really didn't want pets in their their property, would there always be a way for them to find a way to prove what you were just saying, that, that, um, you know, give that reason within the the law to to have it happen, to have no pets there? Yeah, so I'm going to assume that you meant landlord because you said tenant. I I meant... (laughs) I did mean tenant. <laughs> so what happened on the 1st of October 2022 was legislation changed to allow renting with pets. There is structure around that. It's all new and I do have some guidelines here. Um, but there is an option to say no if there is the reasonable grounds to refuse. So you have to go through um, those guidelines to say yes you can no you can't but it's not necessarily now that the landlord doesn't want a pet because I'm going to move in in back in in 12 months time and I can't have cat hair because I'm allergic right legislation doesn't allow allow for allergies so and I know that sounds um trivial but for a person who is um allergic to animals then that does cause quite a problem sure yeah Sure. So that would be an application to QCAT. Okay. So what um, what are the general clauses um, in, a, in a tenancy agreement that do pertain to a tenant's responsibility about having pets? Much of that would come around pet damage. So pet damage is not considered fair wear and tear. So if the pet has chewed the architraves or scratched the door or dug up the garden, all that sort of stuff is not considered fair wear and tear. That is pet damage and that has to be repaired. The other um, areas would be the property must be professionally fumigated and professionally uh, carpet cleaned if there's carpets um, on the floor. So there is guidelines around what uh, the tenant needs to do when they Their by having a, by having a pet. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Can you elaborate on the process and conditions a, a tenant has to meet when they want to get a, a pet during uh, the tenancy? Yeah, so I've got some <laughs> notes here, only again, because it's so new that, um, and there's so much to it 
that I've I've just got some sure. um, some notes here, but the tenant must seek permission to have the pet before they can have the pet on the property. So if during the application process you're a new tenant and you're moving in and here's my dog, you write it all down and we go through that process at the time. But if you live at the property and you go, I'm I'm going to get a dog, then you need to make application and be approved before you can bring the pet onto the property. If you've got the pet before approval is given, that's grounds for a breach notice and then, you know, that's a whole different set of rules. Sure. But you seek – and then the landlord can refuse but needs to give permission uh, – give um, – identify reasonable grounds within 14 days and then the landlord's consent has to be in writing and then the tenant will sign a, an agreement as to what they're going to agree on um, – to have the um, pet on the premises. Cats are, you know, next to nothing other than their urine in the carpet. Yep. Snakes is another issue altogether. Um, again, most snakes need a permit. Yep. Um, and if you have a permit, yes. If you don't have a permit and you've just brought the snake from the last property, no, it'll be a refusal. There's a difference between a working animal and a domestic animal. So a working animal, we can't refuse. A landlord cannot refuse that unless the property is not suitable, of course. Yep. But if you've got a, uh, an animal that you take to work, whether it's a police dog, security dog, or, you know, for the blind, or a comfort dog, you know, how they've got them now for mental health. Sure. They'll all have a permit, but you as the tenant need to determine that the property is suitable for for the animal. So is it too small? Does it have a yard? Is the yard fenced? All that sort of thing. Sure. So you're saying that it, these working animals, that unless you can prove that the property is not suitable to, to house them, that a, a landlord must accept? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But if you're in a unit and you have a, uh, a German shepherd for your security, body corporate might say no, no pets. So you need to get a copy of the bylaws and in there, if it says, yes, pets permitted, it'll have the size that you're allowed to have and it'll have the weight and the, um, okay. you know, that sort of thing. So body corporate laws supersede the tenancy laws? If in you're going into a, into a unit. Sure. Yeah. So what was happening was it's body corporate do allow pets mostly, um, but it used to only apply to owner occupiers. And didn't apply to tenants, but now it's applying to both. Sure. Yeah, so the okay. body corporate need to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned before that um, any pet damage um, isn't wear and tear and that needs to be um, addressed by the by the, uh, the tenant yep. and, um, and fixed and paid for. Can a, a landlord get a, a pet bond? No. No, in Queensland, um, a pet bond is not allowed. Okay. And neither if you're you're there during the tenancy and you're applying for a pet, and I'll and the landlord will say yes, but he's got to pay an extra fifty dollars a week. Can't do that. Can't either. do that. No. So this is what all the legislation changes have come in for, I yes. imagine. It a lot of it has already been in. However, the government has put a structure around that to make it a little bit more um, legislated that you can't contradict this legislation or you shouldn't contradict the legislation. People push the envelope and do. Um, 
and you can either negotiate it to work or negotiate it out. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So um, references. Do do you as, um, you know, property managers suggest or or, or is it done as, as standard practice where you get references for pets as you as you as you do for the tenants themselves you you can so if if you're applying for a property and have a tenant at this sorry have an animal at the same time they'll come with a reference so we'll either ask the previous agent or you know that type of a dog has this type of a personality so you know like the little tiny dogs sure some of them can be all cutesy and stuff but some of them can just bark and bark and bark. So that is against legislation, um, that it's going to cause uh, disturbance to the neighbouring properties and, yeah, it, it may not be allowed. Sure. So you, you touched on this before, um, but can a landlord put any sort of restrictions on size or breed or type of animal that, um, that a, a, a tenant can have? No. Not necessarily, but funny, I've just come up with the notes of reasonable grounds for the refusal sure. of a pet. Go so, through a few of those with us. Yeah, so um, exceeds a reasonable number of animals kept at the property. So you've already got one and you want another one or you want another two. It, it'll come under council regulations. It'll come under, you know, all sorts of other areas as well and, you know, dog breeders and, and that sort of thing. Um, the premises is unsuitable due to the lack of appropriate fencing, open spaces, and that it may not be kept in a humane manner. Right. Yeah. So we do have ones where the dog breeders breed and breed and breed, <coughs> and you've got far too many animals at the property. They're in cages. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So, and that's when it gets ugly. Um, it's likely to cause damage that could not practicably be repaired for the cost less than the bond amount. Right. Yeah, so it's chewed and chewed all the yeah. door frames uh-huh. and all the door frames have to be repli- replaced. So that can be quite costly. Yep. It's a risk to health and safety of a person. So you know how there is some animals that are aggressive mm. and known to um, attack children or su- stuff like that. It, he can agree, uh, refuse the pet there. It contravenes a law or a body corporate bylaw. So we talked, touched on the body corporate bylaws where it's got to be written in there that they can have a pet. But a law could be that there is no pets allowed because of the wildlife. Right, okay. Yeah, so we have to consider that. The animal is not considered a pet, which could mean a, a lizard or something that you don't normally have as a domestic animal. Sure, yep. A monkey? Yeah, well, it could be a monkey, <laughs> yes, and knowing that you can't have a monkey um, or a rabbit, you know, things like that. Um, and then where the landlord has refused, the tenant doesn't agree, doesn't have to agree to the reasonable gra- grounds, but that's where it comes into the tenant then has to make an application to the tribunal to have the matter heard before an adjudicator. It's a non-urgent matter, um, so it could take a while to be heard, but then that adjudicator's um, decision's final. Sure. Yeah. Hey, have you ever gone to a routine inspection and, A, found an animal that oh, um, yeah. I'm sure you have, and I'd love to hear the stories, that, that obviously isn't on the on the, the tenancy agreement, mm. um, or, or, B, evidence to suggest yes. there's an animal? It's usually evidence. I would imagine find. so. Yeah, yeah. What's this dog hair doing here? 
or the dog feces in the backyard. So they've cleaned up all the bowls and the blankets and stuff and left the poop out the backyard. So um, we often get, oh, that's not my dog. I'm looking after it for my mother, my brother, my somebody. Is that or, allowed? That That's an interesting question. No. So not even for a night? It's not allowed, but, you know, people Be do. fair and reasonable. So yeah. once it's discovered and action is taken, then the, it's the tenant's responsibility to you know, rectify that breach. So if you've got an animal there and you've it is yours and you haven't sought approval, then that's when we can breach you and, and to get rid of the animal. You can't apply for it after the fact. Sure. Yeah. And if, being a, a property manager for, you know, over 30 years, tell me a time when you've, you've gone and seen, what, what's what's the worst damage you've seen from, from animals? The worst? You would have seen a bit in your time, I would imagine. Yeah, yes. Yes. One of the worst, like I mentioned, is the chewing that they do. They chew – some dogs just chew everything or cats um, with yep. their claws yep. and, and if they don't have one of those – Scratching poles. Scratching yep. poles, they will scratch the carpet. So we've had to replace carpet um, and the chewing of the dog on the bottoms of the doors, on the architraves, that sort of thing. And don't get me wrong, I never used to be a pet – person but my son got a dog and I just love it so I can understand what people how people go through that torment of you've got to get rid of your dog but the damage that they do in the yards some of them and there are dogs that don't dig and don't worry but there are dogs that just dig and they dig everything or if you're not walking your dog and you've got the pet runs yep you know those um they've no more grass there yep um then that is considered pet damage and you do have to fix that now. Right. Before you didn't have to, but now you do. Yep. So what what recourse do landlords have if a tenant uh, if a pet does cause significant damage? Well, it is a it is a, a bond claim if the tenant doesn't rectify the damage. So the tenant's responsible for rectifying it. If they don't, they have to pay for the cost of rectifying. Um, what I would recommend to a tenant is to take out an insurance over the rental property that will cover you for lo- um, when you can't pay the rent and that sort of thing. But it can also cover you for damage, for accidental damage by you or the pet. So okay. that would probably be my best um, advice for a tenant to cover themselves so that you're not having to fork out for all the repairs. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know there were... Um, mm. Insurance policies. Renters' like that. insurance. It's okay. called. Yeah. Wow. You learn something. <laughs> I think. I think we've got another episode on that one at, <laughs> at some particular point. Because, um, yeah, that would be a, especially if you're not that responsible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, like in it's like any insurance that you can make a claim when you can't afford to pay or. Oh, I'm covered for that. I'll I'll just claim that on insurance. Sure. Yeah, but the landlord has an insurance too. But again, that's another whole another podcast. This comes back again to educating uh, education, mitigating the yes. uh, the the risk here. And and again, you've shown how you, Colleen, and, and Sutherland's property management you 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 educate both sides here. The mm. the tenant about their responsibilities and how to manage the pet. Um, and you you're doing it with the the landlord on, um, you know whether about having the pet and how you would manage it. And, and again, it's just um, worth your weight in gold mm. having a, a fantastic agency looking after all this for, for both sides. What I've got, it, 
renting with pets now has become quite a um, whole subject in itself. And I've got a presentation um, that I'm happy to share about more in depth of what's a working animal, what's a domestic animal, what the tenants can do if they've been refused to have a pet, how the landlord can refuse a pet, legal options. Um, so I've got a presentation if anybody wanted to. Fantastic. Uh, and I'm happy to share that because it sort of helps both parties. And then if one of my major um, mottos is that co- education is the most cost-effective form of risk mitigation. So if I can help educate the landlord or the tenant um, around pets, happy to do that and I'm happy to pass that on. Fantastic. Excellent. Well, look, that's been incredibly insightful. I didn't realise there'd been so many changes and that mm-hmm. it is, a, again, a um, a bit of a minefield on it knowing is. all of the right um, bits and pieces to, to do with it. So, again, another fantastic reason to have a, a property manager on board who's, whose job it is to know all that and um, and help Manage both it. both parties <laughs> through it. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, again, where can people get in touch with you, Colleen? Where can they get that... Um, uh, that report that you've done? So you can Google, Google me on uh, Sutherland's Property Management Group or my website is spmg.com.au. I do have a little chatbot there. So if you send a message via that and say, can I have that um, link to the YouTube? Uh, it's on YouTube. So if you want a link, I'm happy to send a link and um, you can have a look at it yourself. Fantastic. Excellent. Well, look, we uh, we put this podcast out weekly. We're due to drop another episode next Thursday between four and six. Next week, we are looking at fixed term and periodic te- tendencies, uh, which will be another really interesting topic for us to, to pull apart. So uh, once again, thanks for coming in and um, look forward to talking to you then. Great. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam.